Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding, to the moving, to the blowing, to the surrounding of your spirit. Amen. Have you ever been in a place that was just simply awe-inspiring? Somewhere where you just, you couldn't help but step back and go, wow. Have you ever been in a place that made you just see how big the world is, how vast it can be? And an experience like this with sea stacks in the Oregon coast. I once took a trip there where I got to see these steep rock formations that just seem to shoot out of the water, sometimes close to the beach, sometimes far out that you need a boat. The ones near the beach where we were were, were close, and they were kind of like you know, 40 to 50 feet in diameter and about the same height. And at high tide, we could we could swim out to them. At low tide, we could walk out the beach to right where the rock started from the sand. It was extraordinary. So at low tide, as high tide was coming in, we were, we were walking out to the stacks, and we climbed up to the top and went to the front, to the ocean side of the stack. A friend of mine loved to do this, and, and so... We sat there and waited as high tide came in and these big, large waves rolled in, hit the stack, and water just sprayed over us. We were surrounded. It was extraordinary. The naturalist John Muir often wrote about experiences that he had in the natural world, describing them in spiritual terms. Muir, the founder of the Na National Parks, wrote about his experience in letters and journals and books, and he described the ways that nature and all of creation has something to teach us, something to reveal to us, that in its grandeur, in its vastness, in its largeness, we have something to learn from our experience of being immersed within it, being surrounded by nature. In order to learn these things, that's exactly what John Muir said we had to do, to be surrounded, to be in the middle of it. And Muir said that he described this using a phrase called absolute contact. John Muir said that people need absolute contact in nature to have this kind of experience in the natural world. Now for John Muir, this means that a person needs to be surrounded by those trees, the mountains, the rivers, the rocks. Absolute contact is a full immersion into the surrounding of nature. It is a connection to wilderness that makes us aware of how large 
and immense and powerful the natural world is. And absolute contact is an understanding that we are a small part of this creation, and yet we still have a role and a responsibility as creatures who are a part of that natural world. Now, absolute contact, in a way, is an understanding of a language that we do not speak. Muir often wrote about how nature has its own language that we cannot use words to describe, but can only experience. And as greeting card as it might be, an example of this that we all know is that feeling that a sunset gives, right? You go out on a porch or a beach or a deck or along the riverfront and, and you watch the colors, the beauty, the change from day to night. It has a language that words cannot contain. We simply rest in the experience with gratitude. You could call your friend and try and describe that sunset, but words just won't do it justice, right? Now, in his journals, while he was living in the Sierras, John Muir wrote that what I think is a good description of what absolute contact feels like. He wrote this. Oh, these vast, calm, measureless mountain days, days whose light everything seems equally divine, opening a thousand windows to show us God. When we experience absolute contact the way Muir describes, it motivates us to share the experience so that others might receive that same gift. You can admit it, how many of you had texted a photo of that sunset to somebody else? There's no judgment. You experience it and you want to share it, right? For Muir, it was the creation and the formation of the na national parks and other preserved wildlife areas for people all around the world to come and be immersed in the gift that he knew that he had received from God. The day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost described in Scripture is an experience of absolute contact. It is absolute contact with God through the Holy Spirit. The disciples were gathered from many nations from around the world, and they spoke many languages and did not understand one another. And yet, there in the middle of the Holy Spirit surrounding them, the immensity of this experience, grace felt like it was blowing at their clothes, that it was brushing at their faces, that it tussled their hair all about, and tongues of fire descended on them. The Spirit then gave them understanding that was beyond them. They could understand a language that they could not speak. And these people from many languages could hear and understand one another and what they were saying about this experience of the Holy Spirit 
And God gathered them from all of these lands, giving them this gift of the Holy Spirit. God chose to work through them and all of their diversity and all of their many languages and all of their many differences. And the result was a church. Now we say that Pentecost is the birthday of the church, and and it is. It's the moment when this church was formed by the Holy Spirit to bear witness to the love of God in the world. And Pentecost was the absolute contact that brought the disciples to that moment where they knew that they had to share the experience of God's moving all around them this absolute experience that they had, absolute contact that they had with God. Now, John Muir had absolute contact in the natural world and wanted to share the experience with the public. You and I, we looked at that sunset and we had to take a photo with our phone and text it to our friends. But at Pentecost... The book of Acts describes what happens at the end of the chapter, at the end of the second chapter that we've been reading from, starting with verse 42. The church responded to this absolute contact, having to share the story, and this is what the book of Acts says that the disciples did. And the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. Awe came upon everybody because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles, and all who believed were together and held all things in common. They would sell their possessions and their goods and distribute the proceeds to any who had need. And day by day, they spent much time together, and they ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the good will of all people. And this is just the start of a long book that tells of the formation of the church and the sharing of God's story. Absolute contact at Pentecost shaped a church, a church that welcomed all, that cared for one another and for strangers, that sought the well-being of the people in the world around them. Absolute contact with the Holy Spirit is the beginning of new wisdom, of understanding, of commitment, of a desire for others to know what that experience feels like. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit shapes the church. So what is a church to do now, in the 21st century, I think I would describe what the church is called to do in this day and age is when we receive that gift of the Holy Spirit, when we experience God working among us, when we have experiences of absolute contact with God, the call of the church is to translate these experiences, experiences of faith for people and the world around us. 
We do this work for one another. We do this work out in our community. It is the ministry of recognizing where God is doing something among us and then participating with God and then inviting others along for the journey. The church, in so many ways, are the people who translate the work of the Spirit through their own lives so that others might know. It's kind of like the old hymn, you know, I long to tell the story. The church lives to tell the stories of God in the world, at work through the church, at work in our own lives, describing moments when we have recognized absolute contact with God by the Holy Spirit. Now, I read a news article this past week that I think helps understand this idea of translating. The article was about people who were born between the years 1980 and 1985. They have been identified as something that people are calling a micro-generation. It's like a transitional generation between Generation X and Millennials, and they have been given their own generational name. Just wait for it. They are called Geriatric Millennials. I know, right? <laughs> now, as one who was born in that window, being born in 1980, I feel simultaneously curious and offended. I, I mean, if I'm going to be called geriatric at my age, the least they could do is give me a discount on car insurance. But it turns out that geriatric millennials have become important leaders in businesses and organizations because they grew up in a world before there was internet but matured and came of age as digital culture and online and internet tools were being formed and shaped into what they have become. They can read body language and talk on the phone the way a boomer would but they can also use technology in social ways, in adept, natural ways, the way the youngest generations, our digital generations, do. Which means in work environments where there are generations that speak different languages, that use technology in different ways, who have understandings of, of how it, different understandings of how it works, these geriatric millennials are able to translate among people who don't necessarily speak the same digital language. They can translate between these generations who speak analog or they speak digital or speak some thereof both. They're able to bring people together and celebrate who they are so that they can help tell whatever story they are trying to tell. Still, at the end of the day, I think I would prefer the term millennial emeritus than geriatric, but apparently I don't get a say. When the Spirit moves and the church, when the church is called to act, the people do faithful ministry by translating. 
And we do this from our ongoing experience of scripture and worship and sacraments by telling the story of where we, as a church, experience absolute contact with God. Our faith then can speak not only into our lives and to the lives of others around us, but it can speak into the whole world around us. So where have you experienced absolute contact in your life? And when you think about where you've experienced absolute contact in your life, in that experience, where would you say God was in your experience? When have you experienced absolute contact in the life of the church? And having had these experiences, to whom did you tell the story? All right, one more story and then my time is up. When I was in college, I was part of a Bible study and I remember at the end of one particular gathering, the chaplain finished the meeting by saying, go, go and read Acts chapter 29, and we'll come back and talk about it next week. So I went back to my dorm room. I opened up my Bible. You know what? There's no Acts chapter 29. It's not there. I didn't get it. I went back then to the next gathering and went, there's no chapter 29, where is it? The last chapter is 28, where did 29 go? And he said, you are chapter 29. The church is chapter 29. The book of Acts in the Bible might end with chapter 28, but if you read it right at the end, it has a purpose because the church carries the story on. It continues to tell the story. The spirit keeps moving and we continue to live the story of God in our lives so that generations that follow us can hear and tell the story as well. God's story has been written so that we will know that God moves into our lives like the Spirit at Pentecost. And in our faith, we are given gifts, moments, experiences of absolute contact with God so that we can share our experience of God's story. But the church's chapter... It's continually being written as saints translate the faith for another generation of saints. We long to tell the story. Friends, church, the Spirit has moved, the Spirit continues to move among God's people. Let's continue writing that next chapter. Always, always telling the story. Thanks be to God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for love and grace and peace and justice revealed to us this day 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.